from the creators of the Consolation Project. This is Keeping Up with Christianity. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up with Christianity. I'm your host Alrin Dovu and I'll be taking you through this episode. Now I just want to say I am so glad to be back again. I mean it's been such a long week and for me to come here and do what I love and you know be of help to you guys it really fills me with so much joy. So I really appreciate you guys tuning in and I would just want to thank God for this opportunity to be able to serve again. Now we're going to do a bit of some housekeeping, you know. We're just going to talk about what happened before And then I'm just going to give you where we are in growing this podcast. And then we're going to go right into everything. So first of all, podcast updates. Equipment wise, I'm still using my same setup. But as I listen to my podcasts, I realize that my plosives are, you can hear them in the podcast. And sometimes you can hear my breaths. That's because I'm using a dynamic microphone. So I'm really close to the mic. So you can hear that. Normally, you'd need to use what they call a pop filter, which I don't have at the moment. I just have those like cushiony things that you put on top of your mic. But I am going to get a pop filter this week sometime. So bear with me. Another thing is I've got other mics. I hope this mic is good enough for you guys. I have other mics, but they pick up sound a lot more. And as you know, my surroundings are quite noisy and I am just trying to avoid them picking up the noise from outside. There's cars, like there's just random noise. I live just opposite the union buildings in Pretoria. That's in South Africa. And you get some car motorcades coming for the president and officials. Sometimes you get taxis just buzzing for clients to come. Like it's it's crazy. Anything can happen here. I wanted to move, but I, I'm, I'm busy trying to fix other things in my life. So I just thought, okay, maybe I'll postpone my moving to next year or to the new year, like maybe halfway into the new year that we're getting into 2017. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. But I really appreciate you guys ignoring some of these errors and just bearing with me and helping me as I go forward with this podcast. Now, another thing is I have uploaded, well, I have submitted this podcast to a lot of podcast aggregators. So we are on iTunes. So if you're an iPhone person and you've got iTunes, please, please, please look for Keeping Up With Christianity there and subscribe. I would also appreciate it if you can rate it and if you can give comments. It helps us go up the podcast chart. Now, another thing is I also have submitted to places like Pocket Cuts, which is my favorite app to use. And there's also TuneIn Radio. We've got Stitcher Radio and pretty much everywhere. Like I checked everywhere. You can pretty much find us in all these places. So if you've got the time, please just choose your favorite app. I use Pocket Cuts, like I say. It's not free, but it's worth it. But there's others like Podcast Addict and, you know, there's just a lot. Just check in your store, whatever you can find. TuneIn has its own app. Stitcher has its own app. So just check those out, see what suits you, and then work with that. I'd really appreciate the follows, the comments, wherever you can. SoundCloud allows for comments. So if you can comment there, please let me know what you think. If you need some other episodes, like a topic to be spoken about, let me know and I'll work on that topic. I appreciate it. Now, today we're going to be talking about something that's really close to my heart. Why? Because I suffer from this quite a lot. Procrastination. Yes, it's a mouthful sometimes, but it really does a lot in your life. So today the topic, episode 
two, finally, is called procrastinate much. So it's, it's, it's a question to all of us. Do you procrastinate? I feel like everybody to some level procrastinates. And we're going to be talking about that. We're going to weigh it on the psychological point of view. And then we're going to look at what the scripture says about procrastination. It's actually quite amazing how much the Bible talks about procrastination. So we're going to look at that today. So I hope you guys enjoy this podcast. If there's anything you want to add to it, you know you've got the comments. You guys can find me on my social media channels on Facebook and whatnot. Let's let's engage. Um, it's all about speaking about things that are relevant to Christianity, finding out how we can keep up with this Christianity thing, whether you're on the Christian side or the non-Christian side. So let's begin. So we're going to begin with some research that I did. I read two articles. One was from the Business Insider and the other was from Psychology Today. So we're going to look at those articles starting with Psychology Today and we're going to see what psychologists say about the issue of procrastination. So first of all, procrastination is known to be one of the most surefire ways of avoiding success in anything. I can relate to this, guys. Like procrastination stops you from being great. There's so many things I've planned to do with my, with my life. Like I've wanted to do some, pro, like some projects and whatnot, but I couldn't do them because of procrastination. I'm either worrying about not having enough about me to do it. I'm worrying about not having enough resources and, you know, a whole bunch of things. And, you know, the devil does a great job at really confusing you to not do what you're supposed to do. So it really does avoid success. I feel like this podcast and many other things I wanted to do in my life, I could have done a long time ago if I had just got started. So yes, procrastination, one of the most surefire ways to avoid success in anything. Guys, I believe this. So if you're procrastinating, know that some of the things that are avoiding you from being graced is this thing called procrastination. Now, It is known that 20% of people in the world identify themselves as chronic procrastinators. So within 20% of people, there's people who are chronic. Now you can imagine there's another percentage who are just like medium range to low procrastinators. So either way, I'm sure we all fit in that. Maybe you're not a procrastinator, which is great, but imagine 20% of people are chronic procrastination procrastinator sorry and this says and 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 the article says it actually is a lifestyle to some even though it's a maladaptive one it seeps into their whole life so guys be careful for this procrastination thing i mean if it will seep into your whole life it's not a trivial thing but we also notice that procrastination is not really given a much attention in society today it's not really a problem so we just talk about it in passing but It's not really something we study. And that's the problem for our cultures today. Because we don't take it seriously, it's just something we allow to creep into our lives and then grow. It presents a profound problem of self-regulation. That's what the article says. You are unable to regulate yourself because of procrastination. Now, the interesting thing that really got me amazed is the fact that procrastination, according to the psychologist, is not a problem of time management Or planning. Like, I've always thought that, like, that I suck at time management and planning, so that's an issue. And I was wondering why. Crazy. Procrastinators are not different in their ability to estimate time, although they are more 
optimistic than others. That's something crazy as well. So we procrastinators are actually more optimistic to things. Why? I have no idea. Because when I'm when I procrastinate, it's normally because I am like I'm unsure of going forward. So I don't know what that means, but hey, that's that's what psychology today says. So remember what I say, guys, you take what seems right to you and you leave out the rest. So it seems like procrastinators are just like everybody else. Here's another interesting point. Procrastinators are made, not born. Interesting, right? It says procrastination is learned in the family, but not directly. It is one response to an authoritarian parenting style. Having a harsh controlling father keeps children from developing the ability to regulate themselves, from internalizing their own intentions and then learning to act on them. Procrastination can even be a form of rebellion, one of the few forms available under such circumstances. What's more, under those household conditions, procrastinators turn more to friends than to parents. Support, uh, oh, sorry, turn more to friends than to parents for support, and their friends may reinforce procrastination because they tend to be tolerant of their excuses. This, guys, I can relate to. I just want to share something about my life. Uh, growing up, I had a very, look, I'm going to give him props. See, he was a great dad in a lot of things. But if there's one thing he was, he did have that authoritarian parenting style. He wanted things done at a certain time and he wanted perfection. And I think that's where I get some of my issues from, from that. So I believe that helped me. If this is what psychologist says, I believe that sort of, helped towards getting me to become a procrastinator. I'm not sure about the rebellion thing, but who knows what goes on in the mind? Like we cannot understand it. You know, the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above many things. Who can know it? I think that also pertains to the mind. Who can know the mind? It is so complicated. So another point, they say that procrastination predicts higher level of consumption of alcohol among those people who drink. I don't drink. I'm not sure if you do, but if you are a procrastinator, then that means that you would probably be drinking more. I'm not sure if this is true or not. You would be able to testify for yourself. Procrastinators drink more than they intend to, which is understandable, a manifestation of generalized problems in self-regulation. That is over and above the effect of avoidant coping styles that underlie procrastination and lead to disengagement via substance abuse. Guys, I've drunk before. Back in the day before I, I, I made a personal decision, decision to change. But um, whether I, I never drank a lot. Like I only would drink socially, you know, just to feel in place with everybody. So for me, this never applied. But if you like drinking is like a thing you do, then it may be sort of made to be more elevated because of this procrastination thing. So y'all better keep your eyes open for that. Now, another one, another point that they point out here is procrastinators tell lies to themselves, such as I'll feel more like doing this tomorrow or I'll work best under pressure. But in fact, they do not get the urge the next day or work best under pressure. In addition, they protect their sense of self by saying, this isn't important. Another big lie procrastinations indulge, indulge sorry, is that time pressure makes them more creative. Unfortunately, they do not turn out to be more creative. They only feel that way. They squander their resources. Amen to that. We squander our resources. Like, guys, I can testify to this. 
I always tell myself that tomorrow will be a good time or I'll work best. I don't say I'll work best under pressure. I hate working under pressure. But I always tell myself that I'll be more creative and whatnot when I put it off to another day. So it's really crazy how true this is, guys. I would testify to this. Okay, so another point is procrastinators actually actively sorry, look for distractions, particularly ones that don't take a lot of commitment on their part. Checking email is almost perfect for this purpose. They distract themselves as a way of regulating their emotions such as fear of failure, which is something we're going to talk about later. So fear of failure, I can relate to this. This is so true. I always try to find things to distract me to keep my mind from the goal at hand. If you're a procrastinator, this is a problem, guys. We need to stop this. We will go forward and learn more on how to stop this. But for now, I'm just giving you guys a rundown of what procrastinators are like. So there's more than one flavor of procrastination. Ooh, this is an interesting one. People procrastinate for different reasons. Dr. Ferrari identifies three basic types of procrastinators. Arousal types or thrill seekers who wait to the last minute for an euphoric rush. I'm not that type of procrastinator. Are you? Well, I suggest you examine yourself. Avoiders who may be avoiding fear of failure or even fear of success, but in either case, are very concerned with what others think of them. They would rather have others think they lack effort than ability. So that is the procrastinator I am. I'm sort of trying to avoid failure, trying to do everything perfect. So that's me. Then there's decisional procrastinators who cannot make a decision. Not making decision absolves procrastinators of responsibility for the outcome of events. I think I'm a bit here, but not entirely. I mean, if you are, you guys just got to see for yourselves like, Self-examinations, the only way you're going to know, guys. Now, another one is there are big costs to procrastination. I know this. I have experienced. Health is one. That's amazing. This I didn't know. Just over the course of a single academic term, procrastinating college students had evidence of compromised immune systems as more colds and flu, more gastrointestinal whoa, problems, and they had insomnia in addition. Procrastination has a high cost to others as well as oneself. It fits the burden of responsibility onto others. Sorry, it shifts the responsibility onto others who become resentful. Procrastination destroys teamwork in the workplace and private relationships. This is true. I'm in a relationship currently and I feel that it, it sort of does play a part because sometimes she, my girlfriend comes over and then I totally lose track of what I'm supposed to do. Then later on, I'm stressed because I never did it. And then I'm taking that stress out on her. And she's like, what did I do? And I'm like, I want to get things done. And it's not really a fault, guys. This is so true, guys. You got to watch out for this. Get stuff done. It affects our private relationships. And not only uh, boyfriend and girlfriend, husband and wife, like just relationships with other people. Other people become relentful because we make them suffer for our procrastination. About this immune system thing, I don't know if I've gotten sick because of this, but I mean, the doctors say it, guys. It, it must be true. Another thing is procrastinators can change their behavior, but doing so consumes a lot of psychic energy, and it doesn't necessarily mean one feels transformed internally. It can be done with highly structural, structured cognitive behavioral therapy. I don't know about this, guys, but there's one solution from these doctor guys. I would say prayer, guys. And I'm not saying this as a cliche. Prayer really works for me, guys. It like really 
takes my mind off my strength and focuses. When you when you pray, you're actually just depending on God, not on yourself. So guys, I would say prayer for me. Go and seek professional help if you can, but there's one professional that never fails. That's God. We just need to know how to work with him. Study of God's word also helps me because I get those aha moments. I should have realized this, you know, and self-introspection. Look into yourself, see where you can change. And I'm telling you, procrastination will be a thing of the past, I believe. I'm working on it, but I can see I'm becoming more peaceful. My friend was like, hey, Elroy, you're becoming more peaceful these days. What's up? And that's really because I've really been praying and I really put the brakes on this car and I've really been trying to relax. So guys, you will be driven to change by these things. Just see what solution works for you. So this information was by Joseph Ferrari, who's a PhD, in, who has a PhD in psychology, so it's professor. Then Professor Timothy Cycle, who's also a PhD in psychology. And this article was from the psychologytoday.com. I will let you guys know where to get it in the description below. But the article is called Procrastination 10 Things to Know. Now we're going to ship on to another, another article. It's going to present to us theories of procrastination. Then after that, we'll go on to the Bible. Then I might say a few things and then we'll close it. Hopefully you guys will know how to identify procrastination, what it causes, what, how you can sort of uh, deal with it, and then we could call it a day. Okay, so Business Insider gives a few that I pointed out personally. There were more, but I picked a few of indicators of procrastination and what it causes. The first one is fear to succeed. So it says, it might sound counterintuitive, but sometimes people put off things because they're worried they'll do a good job. Funny, hey? I, I don't think this is the issue with me, but yeah. That might saddle them with more responsibilities and subject them to high expectations from others, says Pamela Wurgatz, PhD. I hope I said the name right. Another one is having an all or nothing mindset. People with this mentality think of the 20 pounds rather than the day-to-day -day struggle of chipping off the weight and gradually reaching a goal. This is from Judy Belmont, PhD. It's like everybody's getting a uh, a PhD, guys. Get a PhD if you can get a PhD, guys. Like, I don't know what's up with this. But anyway, um, this is her telling today health. One way to combat this type of thinking is to break things up into smaller tasks. I think that works for me. I've been doing that and it's working. I can testify, guys. Now, not practicing self-compassion. Ooh, this one is deep for all of us, y'all. Listen up. Procrastinators tend to be more stressed than other people. Yes, I believe this. I get more stressed than a lot of people. Even before they start procrastinating. Oh gosh, low blow. This is true. According to a recent study, that's possibly because they have self-defeating thoughts like, I'm simply too stupid to benefit from more studying. I don't say, I, I never call myself stupid. Trust me, I, I have a history where my dad would call me that so many times. I'm so defensive of myself now. So I never call myself stupid, but I always think I'm not good enough. And maybe that's because of my history, which I hope to tell you guys one day. Let me know in the comments or on social media if you guys want me to tell the story and I'll just do a podcast for that. So um, that's one. On the other hand, people who are kind to themselves during difficult times are better at self-regulating which involves the capacity to control your impulses. Self-control. The Bible's always talking about self-control, guys. And we're going to see a scripture that talks about that. And self-control, guys, if you do not have self-control, it doesn't matter if you're Samson, if you're Solomon, 
if you're who, you will fall. Self-control is important and it's something I've been fighting with for a lot of my life, guys. A lot of sin I commit is because of lack of self-control. And I guess it's because of this procrastination, stroke, the history of my life. Y'all, we need to sort these things out. But I hope you guys got these points. I will put the links to the articles in the description. Read these, understand them. And now we're going to move on to what the Bible thinks. Now, I want to say something. I am a Christian, so I'm not going to hide that in this podcast, but I want this podcast to be beneficial to Christians and non-Christians alike. Having said that, I feel that the only way I can go forward in my life is through the Bible. It's all I know, guys. It's not like I'm trying to play a game or I just joined this cult and it's fun to be in the Christian club. I honestly love Christianity, guys. Not Christianity for the name, because I love Jesus. I may not follow him to the best of my abilities, but Knowing what he's done for me makes such a difference in my life, guys. I'm willing to do what I can to follow his commandments. And I don't do that right all the time. But if there's something I've seen that works is the Bible. There's nothing I've read in the Bible that has failed me. Nothing that has proven untrue. And I'm saying this as someone who was wild and someone who slowly went into the Christian faith. Someone who still criticized the Christian faith and all the stuff. Someone who's always ready to criticize the Bible if I see it speaks about something that I don't quite believe. But guys, this book is true. You can throw every other book in the bin. This book is true and it has lasted the time. It has really proven true to my life. So having said that, let's go into the Bible. What does the Bible say about procrastination? I was shocked, guys. An elder said, uh, an elder, his name is Melusi Nlalambi. Well, on my Facebook, I posted, hey, guys, I finally got this started, but, you know, um, someone started this before me because it's procrastination. And it was like, you know, you'd be amazed how God is against this procrastination thing. So, guys, it's a big deal, but let's see how God is against it. Now, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 21, Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. It's one of the first few books written by Moses. It says, when thou shalt vow a vow unto the Lord thy God, Thou shalt not slack to pay it, for the Lord thy God will surely require it of thee, and it would be sin in thee. We as Christians easily make promises or resolutions and don't follow them through. We always make excuses. It doesn't matter who you promise, guys, or what you promise to do. If it's God, it's even deeper. But if it's people, if it's yourself, if you made a promise to yourself, you better require it. Because God requires every promise made to him to be fulfilled. And if we are to be like God, guys, we have to be able to fulfill promises even to ourselves. Now I want to share something. I wanted to start a channel the other time called Practical Christianity. Now it was supposed to be a YouTube channel. And at one point I had considered it as this podcast name. Now what happened is I procrastinated and I procrastinated and I procrastinated. And then now when I'm just checking that title out, as I was browsing through, you know, uh, podcasts and channels, I bumped into a channel that had that exact name. And what shocked me the most is that channel was talking about the exact same things I wanted to talk about. So it made me realize, guys, that, you know, if God gives you a vision, then you slack on it. He's going to give someone else. We are not irreplaceable. Anytime, guys, in life, whether it's in your Christian faith or in other aspects of life, never think you're irreplaceable for one moment because God is always creating 
in people, characters that can either match yours or outdo it. So when you've got a chance to do something, guys, especially if no one is doing it, do it then. The Bible clearly says that if you make a promise to the Lord, fulfill it. Because if you don't, it is sin to thee. And it's sin to us when we make promises to ourselves and not fulfill them, whether it's to ourselves or to others. The Bible says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. If you can do it, do it. If you can't, don't. Count the cost and then see if you can do something. God will find others to do the work that you're not willing to do. Remember that. Now, the other point that we're going to look in the Bible is from Proverbs 12 verse 24. Procrastination will cost you your freedom. Now, Proverbs 12 verse 24, it's also in the New Testament. It should be after Psalms. It says the hand of the diligent will rule while the slothful will be put to forced labor. How many people want to own their own companies? I'm sure everybody here wants to own their own company. You will never own your own company if you're a procrastinator because you're always going to be putting off the things you're supposed to do on the side. And someone is going to use you, use your work, use your talents in their company because you're just willing to be led, you know? So um, I'm sure most of us want to be self-employed, like I was saying, but in order for you to have the privilege of manage your own time or like resources, you're going to need to get rid of procrastination. If you keep busy and you keep working smartly, the Bible says through God's grace, you will be put into a place of independence in your life. And this can only come through hard work. You know, one thing I've realized, God, he blesses hard work. Sometimes I've seen non-Christians hard work be blessed. It's like a principle in the universe that hard work reaps good results. And I've seen it in Christian and non-Christian alike. Not willing to work the extra mile will leave you in forced labor. Think about how we have to force ourselves to wake up every morning to go to work. If you want to beat that, guys, you got to kill procrastination. Now, another point is tomorrow isn't yours to claim. And the Bible speaks so much on this. We always want to sort of say, you know, tomorrow I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. But the Bible says that tomorrow is not ours to claim. Proverbs 27 verse 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15 to 7 17, sorry, says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Amen to that. Christians should know better. We can only hope that a tomorrow will exist by God's grace. Think about it. Like how many things have happened unexpectedly, like people dying and you losing your money in a day. Anything can happen. That's how fragile life is. Always seek to do your most at each present moment. Now, by understanding God's will, you are better able not only to manage your time, but your resources also. Knowing the will of God also means that you know what he does not support and what he does support. And by these verses, we know that God does not support procrastination. So guys, we gotta, I mean, the verse in Ephesians 5 verse 15 to 17 clearly says, guys, Know the will of the Lord in order to beat this procrastination thing. Best use of your resources, best use of the time because the days are evil. Now we're going to move on to another point. This is don't keep waiting for an imaginary right time. Now Luke chapter 9 verse 57 to 62. It's quite a long read, so I'm just going to browse through it. As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds 
of the Ahab nest, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at home. Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Deep stuff, y'all. John 9 verse 4 says, we must work the works of him who sent me while it is yet day. Night is coming when no man can work. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. He who observes the wind will not sow. This one's deep, y'all. He who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. There's never a right time sometimes, guys, when it comes to a lot of things. Be ready to make necessary sacrifices in order to get to the goal you're willing to achieve. We as Christians are always making up excuses and we cannot keep up with this Christian standard by making up excuses. In order for us to keep up with this Christianity, we need to know that there will be at times that will come that whether we like it or not, we will not have the opportunity to do what we must do. So we have to do what we can now because we're not guaranteed that same opportunity tomorrow. And as a good Christian should know, circumstances should not dictate where he or she goes forward or not. So like, we must not let circumstances determine whether we go forward or not. No focus must hinder us from our goals. The problem is we look outside and we're like, hey, it's cloudy, it's going to rain, so let me not go. And sometimes it doesn't rain. The other time I was going for, I wanted to do a photo shoot. There was a beautiful location I could have gone, but I didn't because I looked at the clouds and I'm like, you know what, it's going to rain. And I didn't go and it never rained that day, guys. And sometimes we fear things that are not going to happen. We got to stop this excuse thing. So that's my advice to you. Now we're moving on forward. You already have what you need, okay? 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 10 to 14 says, And in this matter I give my judgment. This is Paul speaking. I love Paul. This benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has. I'm going to repeat that. For if the readiness is there, it is acceptable according to what a person has, not according what he does not have. So guys, we're expected to use only what we have. Don't look for future assets and future skills to work on something you can do now. Use what you have now and do it to your best. As a good Christian, we need to understand that. God appreciates every attempt we make to do something good, but it's not enough. We need to finish what we started. And this is where many of us miss the mark, actually finishing the work. And scripture, we read that we're not only required to finish the work, but we need to do more than that. We need to make sure that we use what we have, like I said. So let us remember that. I wanted to start this podcast as collecting stuff. I I've got like five different types of mics now, and I'm only starting this now with my photography, the same thing. I was always waiting for the right time, learning how to color grade, learning how to process music, I mean sound, and, and all those things. And not only in my ambitions to create this ministry, but in doing everything else, I always like to wait for a perfect opportunity. And guys, sometimes that opportunity never comes. So use what you have to the best of your ability, and I'm telling you, God will bless the work. Now, Procrastination when it comes to helping others. That's another point. So 
We procrastinate when it comes to helping others. Proverbs 3 verse 28 says, do not say to your neighbor, go and come again tomorrow, I'll give it. When you have it with you, give it. So many people, Christian and non-Christian alike, we're all guilty of this. We all sort of make promises to people or tell them to come at a later time. Guys, this doesn't work. The Bible's not for this. In order to keep up with Christianity, like true Christianity, we have to be willing to go the extra mile for others, to put others first and we come last. It's the only way, guys, we can actually do something for someone instantly. Now, if you have the ability to help someone now, just do it. We procrastinate in helping others because we always think of the loss to us. Always, well, if I do this, maybe my time, maybe my resources, that's not keeping up with Christianity. The standard puts others ahead and us like later. And even if you're not Christian, it will just help you in your relationships with people that you put yourself last and others first and you'll see you'll get more people on your side than you wouldn't if you had always focused on yourself. Now, in the same way, you want, like, in, in the same way, you want an order to be made online. Like, let's say, for example, you want to, you, you, you're like making an order online. You want it to be delivered the next day. Like, a lot of people do Amazon Prime because they want the things delivered so quickly. Another thing is, like, when you go to a restaurant, you want your food served in good time. And it's, and it's the same. You know, when you're helping others, other people just need something done there and there. And you have to think about that. So like we said before, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Don't put someone on hold. That's my advice and the Bible's advice to you. Another point is do not rest until the deed is done. Psalms 132 verse 3 to 5 says, I will not enter my house or get into my bed. I will not give sleep to my eyes or slumber to my eyelids until I find a place for the Lord, a dwelling place for the mighty one of Jacob. So David was so passionate about serving God that he would not sleep, you not rest until he got things done for God. And whether you are Christian or non-Christian, you have to have that attitude that you are not going to give rest until you have done what you're supposed to do, until you have accomplished. I'm not saying do not sleep, guys. Sleep is important. And if you do not sleep, trust me, you will not do anything. But make sure that even if you do sleep, you've done something for that day and you're going to wake up to do something else. Even when you're studying, take a break, but get back into it, guys. We need to have that passion and that desire to do what we need to do and do it. So like for David, it was God. For me, it is God. For you, it may be your family. It may be your job. It may be anything, but whatever you're passionate about, be sure to not give rest until it is accomplished. So you know what it's like when you want to finish a season of your favorite TV show or you know how you want to beat a high score or train for some sports event? Like you never rest, like you on and on that thing until you finish that season or you've broken that record. And it's the same, guys. We have to have the same passion for everything we do. And it's the only way that we will be able to sort of beat procrastination. In order to keep up with Christianity, we need to have that drive. It's, it's, there's no other way, guys. There's no other way. So this behavior, like this behavior of having this drive and this push, it's, con it's contrary, sorry, to everything that has to do with procrastination. So be passionate about what you do and you're one step away from procrastination. Another point is know how fragile you are. Guys, this one me makes so much sense to me and it means a lot. Psalms 39 verse 4 to 5 says, O Lord, make me know my end and what is the measure of my days. Let me know how fleeting I am. Behold, you have made my days a few handbreadths 
and my lifetime is as nothing before you. Surely all mankind, surely all mankind, Christian, non-Christian, Satanist, wherever you are, surely you are as a mere breath, as the Bible said. So you've got no time to lose. They say your law, you you only live once, guys. That thing is so true. It's biblical. Okay. So we only live once, like I was just saying. And when we understand that, when we start to realize that this one life is the very, is very short, sorry, and that we ourselves are very fragile, I believe we'll start taking our time more seriously and start living more purposefully. We can only do this when we understand how short our lives are and how at any time our opportunities to do things may go. Now, whoever you are out there, we only get one chance at doing this thing, at doing things right. And procrastination is what I would call a thief of time and a thief of life. Beware of it. For Christians, keeping up with Christianity means being a good steward of life and all that involves it. We love knowing that we'll have to give account for every breath we're given. Every breath we're given, guys, we have to be accountable for it. The standard is high, but so is the price. We must always remember that whenever we're always making our sacrifices. Okay, now putting important things on hold. Now, Acts 24 verse 45 has a deep account of this. Felix had the opportunity to change his life, but he put it on hold. The Bible says, as he reasoned about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. This is Paul reasoning with Felix. Felix was alarmed and said, Go away for the present. When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. Do you know what happened to Felix, guys? He was removed from office and his opportunity to get that word was lost. Do not put what you can do today on hold, okay? So putting the important things on hold hinders us from having the necessary desires to pursue our tasks. In Felix's case, it was God and Christians, it's the same. No difference. If you're not a Christian, then anything important you put on hold a class, a tutorial, be it a book, be it a meeting, a practice, a particular task. All these things can lead you to procrastinate heading into a new task. For us to keep up with Christianity, however, we must be able to keep God first in line ahead of every other task. He will give us strength, direction, ambition, emotion, resources, and everything else we need to get into the next step. The reason why we procrastinate a lot is we lack purpose and what better way to place, sorry, what better place, I'm reading from my notes, sorry, what better place to seek purpose than from God who purposed the world into existence. That is so serious, guys. He's the only way. And I'm speaking on a Christian perspective. I have no solutions if you're not a Christian. Like, I don't know how you you find purpose as a non-Christian, maybe in your family or something, but I know I find it in Christ. So, Find your purpose, however you find it, y'all, and just get rid of procrastination. Now, the last point, guys, is this one, which is pretty deep because it's an object lesson. After this, I'll say a few things, my closing remarks, and that's the end of the podcast. We're already on 40 minutes, but like I said, if I do push above 30, it's because I did some research on something and I'm hoping it's going to be helpful to you guys. Now, ants do not procrastinate. That's what the Bible says. Proverbs 6, verse 6 to 9 says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? That's so blunt, guys. If you're lazy, you are not going to get anywhere. 
The ant has no king over it, no ruler, but it knows that it's supposed to harvest for the winter. It knows it's supposed to harvest for food. And we know we need to survive by working hard. We know that we're supposed to do certain things to get to certain places. And we need to have that character to work without being led, guys. A lot of us just want to be led. And that's why so many people are being told to, I'm going to make a video on this on my YouTube channel, by the way, about, you know, on the other time, someone like some, he calls himself a prophet or whatever. He has spring doom, which is like this, uh, like, it's like a spray for cockroaches, you know, (laughs) You're spraying doom on his congregants and they were accepting it. The other one was making them eat washing powder and they because you were just willing to be led, guys. Even when it comes to spiritual matters, the only person who can lead you is God, your relationship between him and you. And this thing of depending even on preachers, guys, it is not right. So be able to think for yourself, okay? The Bible directs us to nature so we can see that we have no excuse to procrastinate. Who would have thought that something as small as an ant, an insect that we barely consider, even on the best of days, could be so diligent? Why does humanity have to be so far away from the glorious standard that God has set for us? If a mere ant can battle procrastination, then so can we. So complex. So, I mean, we are so complex, guys, as human beings. And maybe that's why we procrastinate, because we are more complicated. But remember, we must not allow any forecasts to have the final say on our courses. Uh, on our course of action, sorry. All procrastinations, Christians or not, are to wake up from their procrastination and start harvesting the best God has to give. So guys, those are the little, the few things I found about procrastination, both in the psychology spheres and in the Bible spheres. I think the ones that were most profound are the biblical ones. And that's not because I'm Christian. I mean, to think that the Bible spoke about procrastination before I knew the word. It's, it's amazing. So you've seen what procrastination is psychologically. You've seen what it causes. You've seen the signs of procrastination. You've also seen the same in the Bible. But more importantly, the Bible's given us the solutions to procrastination. We know how to defeat this procrastination thing. So having weighed all those things, guys, I hope you guys are equipped to fight this procrastination thing. It is something that affects us all in one way or another. And we can clearly see that God is against it and how hard it makes us for keep up with, uh, uh, how hard, sorry, it makes us to keep up with the idea of Christianity. It makes it even harder for us to be successful in this life thing. So guys, we need to change our ways. We can also see that even if Christianity is not your thing, it's procrastination is something that will affect you in one way or another. So this is speaking to all the non-Christians and whatever you believe in, it will affect you and you need to change the way you look at things in order for you to have a better life, to have better success, a better management of time and resources, to just do greater things with your time. And that's, that's the goal of defeating procrastination at the end of the day. Killing it is meant to just improve your life. And guys, that's my advice to Christians and non-Christians. So tell me in the comments below, how are you willing to fight procrastination? You could share how you procrastinate and I'd I'd be able to help where I can, guys. But let's talk. Let's use the comments below. If there are comments, there's my Facebook page. You'll see it on my SoundCloud account, but I'll link it to everywhere. But the Facebook page is Keeping Up With Christianity. Just look for it. Let's comment, let's talk there, let's help one another. I'm going to post every podcast I do there and then you can have a 
platform to comment. If you guys want me to talk about other stuff, let me know and I'll talk about that stuff. I'm not sure what we're talking about next, guys, because right now I've got topics, but I'm not sure which one will be more, most like which one I'm feeling is most relevant. But as we go at this podcast, I will let you know what's coming up next. But believe me, it's going to be great. So this is me, guys. Aurin Lovu, it was great talking to you guys again. I'm signing off now. Just remember, please, guys, to share, to like, to subscribe. Wherever you are, whether it be iTunes, Pocket Cast, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher Radio, wherever you listen to, guys, please spread the word. I was listening to this other podcast and they were like, what would Jesus share? Actually, it wasn't a podcast, it was a YouTube channel. What would Jesus share? You'd be amazed that even if you don't preach or you don't write, you just don't do like any upfront evangelism. Just a share goes a long way. You actually can help hundreds of people, depending on how many friends you have and how many people they share. Just one share, guys, does a lot. One like does a lot to encourage me. Subscribing just keeps telling me to keep going. And it also attracts other people because they're like, you know what, this thing is great. So I've said enough, guys, 45, 46 minutes. It's been great talking to you guys. I hope you guys enjoyed this and I hope it helps you guys. Remember, guys, let's keep keeping up. I'm Alrin Lovo again, and I'm signing off. Goodbye.